Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome everyone. I hope you're well. I'm your host, Ben Lively, and you're listening to Shake and Awake episode number 68. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in with us today, wherever you are and whatever it is you're doing right this very moment. It means everything to me to uh, to share the messages that God's laid on my heart to share with you. And I want to give a special shout out uh, to all our new listeners out there. No doubt that this podcast uh, landed in their ears, thanks to God, uh, for him uh, allowing these messages to move to those who he wants to touch. And as always, I promise you another great show, but more than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord, not just another podcast episode. So a quick ask before we start the show, if you find value in the episodes, would you take just 30 seconds after the show to go submit a quick review uh, in your app or device that you're listening to? And this is what potential listeners look for when they decide whether to even give a show a listen. So if, and only if this provides value, uh, please pass on the, the news and I, I can't can't thank you enough. So spread the word, pass on a link to your friends or family or colleagues that the Lord prompts you to send to. There's so many people, uh, as you know, that need to hear these messages and the scripture and God will see to it that it gets to them, you know, and then he'll do the rest. So without further delay, let's get ready to invite God in with us right here, right now and allow him to speak directly to your heart and mind. So today's topic is... Something extremely sinister is happening all around us. You know, today I need to uh, to speak on something I'm seeing growing, even among the darkest clouds that are forming in and around the U.S. and the world right now. Uh, to simply cut to right to the chase and before we get into what the Word of God says, which as you know is the only important guidance and direction by which to uh, to live our lives. I just want to inform you all of a few important uh, but sinister things happening that you may not be aware of or as, as much as you think you are. And at the heart of the world's problems uh, now is one that I believe is the worst. And it's what it will truly help usher in the Antichrist. And it's the, U- it's, it's the U.S. Us. Yes, the, the the church, not the real church, but the church, the body that's looking for a savior, but not having true faith in the savior, Jesus Christ. You know, there, there's many things the church can be thankful uh, for, uh, rely on, pray about, have faith in, and yet still look for a savior to end the surrounding turmoil, but not look for Jesus. Does that make sense? In the same way the onlookers were when Noah's ark began to come afloat, they were looking at the ark as their last ray of hope, their savior. But not one of them called out to God as the real savior and asked him to help them. Had even one of them had, I firmly believe he would have saved them. Perhaps maybe found a way for them to reach the boat or would have their hearts warmed enough prior to the flood to realize they needed him and his uh, saving ship to save them, but they didn't. And I fear, and I know that the same is happening again today, this very moment, the moment you're listening to this podcast, almost everyone is looking for the one who will save them. Although, uh, you know, albeit the government, their, their employer, a miracle, the next president, Trump's return, 
faith, the fact that they're protected for being a Christian, I don't really know. What I do know is the world right now is being led to the one world system and the anticipation with eagerness, may I dare to say, of the Antichrist himself, but they won't and don't call him the Antichrist. See, only the true children of God will know who, who that person is. Remember, and I'll put out some scripture here in a moment to back up what I'm saying, but remember, the Antichrist, when he arrives on the scene, he'll come like a giant ray of hope, a, a, a savior, someone that will... Um, that stops the bleeding. Someone that becomes like a, like a world hero on the world stage. In fact, it won't take too much to be seen as such. With all the famine uh, that we are experiencing um, and we're looking to experience even more of, the earthquakes, the pestilences, the diseases, the poverty, the hate, the divisions, the wars, the rumors of wars, the kingdoms who are rising up against the other kingdoms, the one who comes in and puts an end, or a, I should say a temporary halt is probably a, a better perspective. Whoever puts an end to it all and brings about peace and stability and a calm will be adored and admired and loved by the world. That time is quickly approaching. Yeah, as, as of this podcast, our current president is handing out hundreds of billions of dollars to pay off student loans. For what? No one knows. The sons and daughters of God know. I know. Do you? As of today, we're seeing more and more of segregation come back. This time, it's against the white people, or as they're so eloquently referred, referring to it as non-minorities. You know, how cute that little twist of the tongue is that no doubt Satan has devised. Right now, we have a significant majority and growing of people that were sworn in to protect the American people and to work for the people, demanding that police that serve and protect be purposefully defunded and therefore utterly useless and unable to serve the very duties they were sworn in to serve. Why? As punishment for a few that made some bad choices. And this has caused other states to allow others to go unpunished entirely for things like shoplifting, which they have also so eloquently renamed grab-and-go. Sounds like a new store chain, doesn't it? It's to the point anyone and everyone, uh, everyone and anyone, they're going in stores as cheap as convenience stores all the way up to high-end uh, luxury stores and wealthy neighborhoods, including jewelry stores, and getting away with filling their pockets and bags with very little sense of urgency and simply walking out with the goods. And this is being dismissed, encouraged, and purposefully not being discussed by the very people that sworn to work for the people, not against them. We've got so much disarray and delusion and illusion happening inside the U.S. that the only ones that can truly see this for what it is are the true sons and daughters of God. The rest are just dealing with it or participating in it, okay? In no other generation before us would it even have been imaginable, to which I might add, this is where the term they'd be turning in their grave must have come about, to have men dressed in women's clothes and makeup being actually encouraged to read books to children or people being sued and put out of business because their religion and Bible forbids them to accept homosexuality 
and they decline a customer on that fact. Or children being able to identify as whatever they want. And not only that, being taught this and encouraged by this in the very school system that was created to help bring them to a level of societal skill sets that would prepare them for the workforce and life after childhood and into their adulthood, no less. We've created pronouns that can let anyone become anything at any age for any reason, and everyone is being told to adopt it, accept it, and embrace it. We're ready to put anyone who would dare beat an animal away for a very long time in jail or prison, but choose the ability to kill babies as a just cause and one worth fighting for and going to prison over? We have hundreds of billions of dollars to give away to pay student loans and hundreds of millions of dollars to give to those that hate the United States. And by the way, we're in the mid-trillions in debt so no, we don't have that money. We owe money to those who want to destroy us. But we leave homeless to remain homeless. Yet we're flying and, and, and busing illegal aliens to luxury hotels and resorts daily right into New York City among many towns and cities across America while it would appear that large portions of California are living on sidewalks in tent cities. We're giving free health care and insurance and driver's licenses to those who entered illegally, but we're denying those rights to any American who cannot afford them. People are making the things that are called an abomination unto God not only acceptable now, they're glorifying them, and they're putting them on a higher pedestal than themselves. Pride is the way of life right now. Since when? You know, I, re I read about Sodom and Gomorrah and I think, I bet they would have even shaken their heads in dismay and would have, it would have been taboo to even consider what we're doing right now in America and some places abroad. I'm not downplaying what they did. I'm highlighting what we are doing now. So what are we, the sons and daughters of God, doing right now? What are you doing each day while this is happening? Are we waiting for a miracle? Are we waiting for the next election? Are we hoarding up supplies in our homes or home defenses? Are we getting creative with our finances? Let me, here's the real question. Are we seeking God in this? Are we asking him how we can respond to this? Are we seeking to save the lost before it's too late? And believe me, it's about to be. There are no stronger signs in the history of mankind that fell exactly in line with what Jesus warned would happen so that we would know when the end of the age was to be. So this isn't about politics or world news or happenings. This is about what was already forecasted in the Bible. The only thing that Jesus did not state was the day or the hour, which he said no one knows except the Father. But he did just about that. He told us the signs to watch out for so that without exception or doubt, those that are his would know. Do you know? Do you see that we're months, maybe, maybe a year or two from imploding from within? This isn't doom and gloom, guys. This is the writings on the wall. And it was written over 2,000 years ago. 
There was a day when we could not rest well at night, knowing we were the we could rest well at night. I'm sorry, knowing that we were the world's superpowers. Not anymore. Never in history has the perfect storm happened as it is right now, where those that would have in the past never dared to go to war directly with the U.S., especially invade it. They've come together and are planning something we have never seen or heard of before. It's happening right before our very eyes. And they're even telling us ahead of time. We aren't that naive, but it's a part of, of God's perfect plan. So I don't question what appears to be the stupidity of those in power that should know. Just like I don't question the stupidity of Pharaoh who took how many times to have his heart changed from rock to flesh? And that was God who did that, not him. So same thing, the exact thing is happening today. And we were warned, and those that were in Noah's time, and we're doing the exact same thing, some more so than others, as those that mocked and scoffed at, at Noah and his family as they built that ark and they warned the people. Are we even warning people now? Are we even seeking the lost are we seeking God in this? Are we prepared to die and to see others in our own family die to stand up for our faith in Jesus Christ and say, no, we will stay firm to God's word and we will not waver. Even if that means we lose our lives and those of our spouses and children, it's coming. It's coming real soon and it's not what's happening today or what I'm talking about that's gonna cause it to happen it was prophesied over 2,000 years ago, and every prophecy that he spoke has come true to this very day. This is yet another that will pass. The birth pangs have already started. The love of many have waxed cold, and I see this even from within the church today. The people's love of themselves and money couldn't get any stronger. And the division within the church and of believers and non-believers alike is getting darker and stronger by the day. The increase in wicked and just wickedness, how can it get any worse? And they're so proud of it. They're videotaping it for, for all to see. I could go on for hours and hours and hours talking about the sick, the twisted, wicked, vile, and evil things that are just growing worse, literally, by the day and sometimes by the hour. But let's see what Jesus said about what the signs would be so that we would know, not think, but know that the end was, was here. So in Matthew chapter 24, I'm gonna start at verse three and it reads, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There's gonna be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. So that's next, okay? And you will be hated by all nations because of me. And at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. It's, hey, guys, it's happening right now. I'm not a doom and gloom, uh, tinfoil hat guy. I'm just, I'm a realist. 
I see it. I hope you do too. Because, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. That's verse 12. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Do you hear, do you hear that? Some people, many people, they twist that. You cannot have a different opinion than what's stated clearly in the Bible. I'm going to read it again. Decide for yourself what it means. Okay, Holy Spirit is the one who gives true understanding. I'm going to read this. He doesn't say the non-saved or the saved. He says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand, that's you and I, let, then let those who are in Judah flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it'll be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, guys, that's you, you and I, I hope, those days will be shortened for the sake of us. So again, I'm not going to, I already have a podcast on this. We talk about, well, we'll be saved. We're not going to have to go through this. The rapture is going to prevent us from going through all this. Where is that said? I'm reading right from Jesus's mouth. Doesn't sound like we're raptured and we're a part of this, guys. I'm going to read it again, verse 22. If those days had not been cut short, days of what? Days of all these tribulations and pains. No one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. And at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear. Guys are already out there, and you and you know who they are. And perform great signs and wonders to deceive. If possible, even the elect, they're still going to try to deceive us. See, verse 25, see, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out there. Or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible, even in the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there's a carcass, the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the people of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And then he'll send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. So even so, when you see all these things, you know, you, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will, uh, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Guys, we are that generation. 
So the day and hour is unknown. Verse 36, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the son of man. We're there. And here we go. He explains it. Verse 38, for in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That's how it will be at the coming of the son of man. Verse 40, two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Now we're talking about being taken. Okay, two women will be grinding with the hand mill. They'll be working. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know on what day the, your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house be broken into. So you also may be ready. He's talking to you guys. He's talking to you. This wasn't just for the disciples. This was for all of the future, us. So you also must be ready because the son of man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? Guys, I'd love to do a podcast, but right there you can remember, well done, my good and faithful servant. Here's these connectors. Verse 45 says, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master, God, has put in charge of the servants, you, in his household, God, to give them, others, non, non, uh, the, the unsaved, their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing good when he returns. That's when he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. When he comes back, we don't know when, he, when it's going to be. So he says, verse 47, truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked. That could be us. And says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that house Sorry, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour he's not aware of. We already know that's going to happen. He will cut him into pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's hell. That's hell. There's only two, two, two recourses. By the way, same what happens if you die today. Huh. So people, you know, I just, again, a little off topic here, but people say, oh, let's be prepared for the, for the rapture and this... What if you die today? This, this still holds true in the blink of an eye. Most won't know when they die. They, they wake up somewhere, right? Yes. So we can, we can specifically take note of the condition by what he said that the world will be in at the time of his return. And that's described more in Second uh, Timothy 3, 1 to 5, where he says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. This sounds like today, guys, check this out. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. 
They'll betray their friends. They'll be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They'll act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Guys, that's right outside our doorstep. Literally, literally and figuratively, everywhere. When, you know, wouldn't you agree that the times we're living in today fit that description? And as evil increases in the last days, so will God's spirit. I feel it. I hope you do too. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream again. That's Acts 2, 17. And there's this uh, author, uh, Don uh, Finto, in his book, it's called uh, The Handbook for the End Times, and it describes the last days and things, and, and he explains how one of uh, Jesus's parables paints that perfect picture of what it'll be like during this time. And in the parable, uh, which is found in Matthew 13, 24 to 30, Jesus illustrates the kingdom of heaven by describing it how it is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field, verse 24. But during the night, the enemy snuck and planted weeds among the wheat. And therefore, both the weeds and the grain grew alongside each other simultaneously. That's what's happening right now outside with the, with the saved and unsaved. So referring to this parable, Don Finto, the author, said, The people of the evil one will flourish. They'll mature and ripen into the wickedest, the most lustful, the most terrorizing, the most idolatrous, the most selfish generation in the history of the world. But at the same time, the people of the kingdom will mature, flourish, and ripen as we move into our destiny of becoming the most powerful, godly, miracle-working, radiant body of, of believers that the world has ever known, both growing side by side until the end. So what must happen before the events of Revelation take place? So in the last days, we know that the good news will be preached throughout the earth. It says so in Matthew 24, 14. And the good news in the kingdom will be preached through the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. There will be wars and rumors of wars. Matthew 24, 6. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. There'll be false messiahs and false prophets. So then if anyone tells you, look, here's a Messiah, there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up, and they are, and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. The Antichrist will appear. I am pretty darn positive. They are alive right now. And in John 2.18, it says, Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already, this blows my mind, guys. If you've never read this, this will surely uh, light off a, a fuse of some, of some sort, I, I would hope. It says, You have heard that the Antichrist is coming. The Antichrist is coming. And already, many such Antichrists have appeared that's, that's pretty unique. There's been antichrists. This will be the antichrist. From this, we know that the last hour has come. So that's the last sign. That's what we're waiting on. Okay, and I'm not going to get political. I don't, um, uh, maybe, in, maybe another podcast. But <laughs> when the world gets so bad that somebody comes in and changes everything and makes peace and, and 
it'll look good to everyone except those that know better. Those that know better are going to recognize that is the beginning of the Antichrist. There will be signs in the sky. Matthew 24, 29, immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon will give no light. The stars will fall from the sky and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. There's going to be those who mock the promises of Jesus' coming. And they do. Uh, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They'll say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. I already hear that. That's 2 Peter 3, 3 to uh, 4. People will receive the mark of the beast. Guys, We it's not going to be a 666. Come on. I'm not saying you believe that, but people say, oh, it's going to be 666 and it's going to look, you know, eerie and creepy. It's not going to be that obvious. I don't know what it's going to be, but we, in other uh, portions of the Bible, it says it will be a visible mark on the hand and forehead that people will choose to have and that they will be recognized. Maybe it'll be a chip. Maybe it'll be something. It will re, it'll be a mark of some sort. So here we go in Revelations 13, 16 to 18. He required everyone. So this is a foretelling of what this Antichrist, whom I believe we're going to see in, in, in our lifetime, if we live uh, another uh, you know, five, 10 or so years, he required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. That doesn't say a... Um, what is it? The jab. It's given a mark. Who knows what the mark will be? Uh, on the on the on the right hand or on the forehead, and and no one can buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. It says here, right in the Bible, wisdom is needed here. It's saying you got to be really really smart to figure this one out. I think it's the understatement of history let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast this one always has my head scratching for it is the number of a man and his number is 666 i know that 777 is the perfect number that can be also um symbolizes the son of god so 666 is the number of a man not many it's one man it says it right here in the bible it's not going to be the number 666 on our on our wrists. It's going to be the one that is the opposite of who Jesus Christ is and, and is the total opposite. That comes, by the way, right from Revelation 13, 16 to 18. People will turn away from true faith and embrace demonic teachings. And that sounds similar to the popular New Age teachings of today. And in 1 Timothy 4.1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times, listen to this, people, Christians or professing Christians will argue this. Like they're arguing over a, a sports match to the death. It says, Now the Spirit expressly states that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons. And people say, Once saved, always saved. But they don't understand that verse. Because if I believe in the Bible, I have to believe what it says, and I do. 
in later times, not some may depart, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits. It's going to be very deceitful unless you're in tune with what's in the word of God and God himself. First Timothy four to one, check it out. There will be terrifying disasters and miraculous signs. There's going to be great earthquakes. We're seeing them now. There's going to be famines. We're seeing them now. And plagues in many lands. We're seeing them now. And there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. We're seeing them now. Luke 21, 11. Christians will be hated. Imagine that. Many will turn away from Christ and turn against each other. In Matthew 24, 9 to 10. It says, then you will be arrested. You'll be persecuted and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you're my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. I didn't say it, he did. Many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. So the true Christians will be separated from those that were professing Christians that never were. Sin will be widespread. In Matthew 24, 12, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. That's That's today. How, so the, the question is, how must we live in the, what I'll call the in-between times? You know, it's vital. It's vital, vital, vital that we study scripture. If the only scripture you're getting is an occasional Sunday or an occasional podcast, you're not studying scripture, you're studying mankind. Okay? It's vital that we study God's word, the scripture, and apply its principles to our daily lives. I always say, it's not what you know, it's what you do with what you know that matters. So even if we study scripture, the best thing Satan wants is for you not to apply it, but we need to apply its principles to our daily lives. We're to remain firm and steadfast in our faith in all seasons, even if it costs us persecution and rejection. Guys, time's ticking. Christ could return at any moment. And here's something that's not often said alongside of that statement. You know, that, that, that Christ could return at any moment. You can die at any moment. Let's use our gifts to further the body of Christ and spread the gospel. All for the sake of preparing this world for the coming of our king. God isn't coming for a lukewarm bride or a, a, a systematic a legalistic church, one that looks clean on the outside but's filthy on the inside. Remember what he called the Pharisees? Clean on the outside, filthy rags on the inside. Rather, he's coming for a bride that's pure and on fire for him. And you can see more about that in Revelation 19.7. We're to be ready all the time for the son of man will come when least expected Matthew 24 44 1 Thessalonians 5 2 and 6 to 8 reminds us of the importance of staying awake and alert and it says for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night so then let us not sleep as others do but let us keep awake and be sober for those who sleep sleep at night and those who get drunk are drunk at night but since we belong to the day, the light, let us be sober, uh, sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. So guys, you know, let's be a voice for Christ and just stay informed on, uh, at least on a global and national level for, you know, current events, just viewing them from God's perspective. 
Okay, so Matthew 24, 32 to 33 illustrates why it's important to remain aware. And it says, now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer's near. In the same way, when you see all these things, you can know his return is very near, right at the door. Guys, it's right at the door. And lastly, we're to endure until the end. Because Matthew 24, 13 says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. I thought I was saved already. The one who endures to the end will be saved. You cannot twist that scripture, but many will to fit their narrative. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. As destruction and evil just escalate. You know, those, those of us who are in Christ can just cling to the truth that Jesus has already defeated the darkness. We don't, we don't need to be afraid because, you know, in John 16, it says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So, you know, the world may appear unpredictable, but these events, guys, they're not random. In fact, they've already been foretold in the Bible. And guess what else has been foretold? The fact that when when Christ returns, the enemy will be destroyed once and for all. Trust me, on that day, it's not going to be the end of times for his bride. It will be the dawn of a new day a day that will mark the very beginning of our utopia, our eternity with Christ himself. And to quote the beloved Billy Graham, you know, I, I, he said, I have read the last page of the Bible. It is all going to turn out all right. So before we end today's show, I just wanted to thank you all again for tuning in. I hope you were touched by today's message in scripture. If you'd like to reach out to me, please call me directly at 407-493-3208. You can email me at ben at shaken-awake.com or check out the show at shaken-awake.com. Until next time, take great care of yourself and each other and God bless you all. 